0: the new church year opens with a demand that we be wakeful, alert, and conscious for the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. In the name of our loving God, eternally creating, redeeming, and sustaining. Amen. In those days after that suffering, The sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Well, this is a warm and fuzzy reading to kick off our Advent season. (laughs) Today is the joyous baptism of Lucy Iris Lowry, and I almost feel like apologizing to the baptismal family. But the writer of the words of the gospel was not intending to invoke visions of sugar plums in our heads. But rather, he was referring to many passages from the Old Testament foretelling the end of the world as we know it. In the book of Daniel, for instance, Daniel, quote, had a dream and visions of his head as he lay in bed and not of sugar plums. These were wild and varied visions which Daniel had, including great winds stirring up the oceans, great beasts who rose up out of the sea, and variously had the wings of eagles, the heads of lions. One was like a bear with three tusks. One was like a winged leopard. And during this wild hallucinatory dream, they devoured each other, and they transformed. And finally, the Ancient of Days appears and sits in a throne of judgment. And then after all these beasts are judged and punished, the writer proclaims, I saw one like a son of man coming with clouds of heaven. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. To him was given dominion, glory, and kingship, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. But also in our passage today, The hopeful parable of the fig tree is invoked. The green leaves in summer signifying the promise of sweet fruit. The reference here is to the sweet coming of the reign of God after the recognizable signs. So we are implored to be ready, not to be distracted, not to be unconscious, and not to dwell on the worries of this transitory life. To stay awake. In this Advent season, we might be expecting to be hearing lessons foretelling the gentle miracle of the newborn baby on Christmas Eve. But in Advent, what we contemplate is enormous. The world as we know it is coming to an end. God is entering time through Jesus, and things will never be the same. It's what Jesus talks about again and again, everything being turned upside down, the first being last and the last being first. There is, of course, a frightening aspect of this coming of the kingdom. The sun and moon, the familiar stars, we know the very earth under our feet is expected to shift. That should wake us up. But what will this wakefulness really be like? What is it like to have an awakened consciousness? Apparently, people quake with fear and faint at the prospect, no doubt. The coming of the kingdom, the loss of the familiar, our accustomed comforts, our landmarks, even the loss of our fears can be terrifying. The author Anne Lamott marveled in one of her books at the casualness with which we attend church. She opined that if we really knew what we were getting into, then women wouldn't be wearing these church hats, they'd be wearing crash helmets. I recently had an unwelcome experience of waking and coming to consciousness. At 1.42, the night before Thanksgiving, 1.42 in the morning, I heard a knock on our bedroom door. Never a welcome sound at that hour. My daughter came in and told me she'd been speaking to a friend of hers who had been very depressed the girl had convincingly said that she wanted to end it all. Well, my poor daughter spent some time trying to talk her out of it and then finally tried to call the girl's mother on her cell phone and couldn't get through to anyone. Now, the last communication the girl had with my daughter, she said she was not going to go through with it, but my daughter was not completely convinced. So she came to us for help. I was fully awake by this time. I got up and I tried to call the girl's mother, and there was no answer. We did not have the family's landline. They did not have a listed number. They were in their seaside resort, hours away, and we didn't have their address. I was about to give up, and then my husband said, call the police. Well, I thought of the prospect of this very private and status-conscious couple, the girl's oblivious parents getting their wake-up call from a sheriff telling them their child was threatening suicide. I thought of the unlikelihood that this child actually would go through with it. My natural cowardice and a certain illogical shame took over, and it was a very hard call to make. I later realized I was not fully awake. Earlier that same day at Wednesday Bible Study, we had read these passages. I was implored to stay awake, to be conscious, but I guess I'd forgotten about that. Finally, I called a woman at the suicide prevention hotline for advice about whether or not to call the police. Well, she said, what's the worst-case scenario in either case? Well, I said, if I do call the sheriff, they might be really mad at me. And if I don't call the sheriff, they might wake up with their daughter dead, and I will have done nothing. I made the call. The parents of that child got a wake-up call in more ways than one. The local sheriff at about 3 o'clock in the morning. The sheriff called me back to tell me the child was safe, Has said she would not hurt herself, and the parents were now aware of the situation. The mother of the child called me the next day with great thankfulness. Her tidy world had been upended. The stars fell and the earth shifted. But now she had the opportunity to really help her daughter. She had woken up to a frightening world, but one with a real opportunity for redemption. Her fears and my fears were revealed to be ever so much less important than getting on with the business of the kingdom of God. Loving, healing, breaking down barriers, no matter how frightening. I realized that I wanted those stars to fall. I want the world as we know it to end. I want to put shame and fear at a greatly distant priority compared with compassion and good shepherding. The kingdom I'm awaiting is suffused with caring, with expansiveness, with the admonition to stay awake, to stay conscious, and not to fear. But what are all the frightening signs which make us all quake in our boots today? We don't have to look very far, even if we haven't just gotten a knock on the door at two in the morning. The apparent melting of the planet, violence worldwide, recently demonstrated so horrifically by the tragedy in Mumbai. And closer to home, the day after Thanksgiving, a man was trampled to death in a Walmart as eager shoppers stampeded forward to get bargains. I want the world as we know it to end. We don't have to look very far for the falling stars and darkness on our own sun and moon. In our own present time, our livelihoods are threatened. Our future may look dark. Our loved ones may be suffering. But when these things overwhelm our consciousness, so that we want with all our hearts not to be awake, not to be conscious, when we get that call or that knock at 2 AM, we need to proclaim the message more than ever. Even when the very earth shifts under our feet and we faint with fear, God is coming near to us. We will be suffused with God's unfailing love. There is the greening of the fig tree, promising the sweet fruit of consolation, of hope, of redemption. The kingdom of God, as Jesus says, is coming soon and is now here. There is the inevitable coming of God, the incarnation of the holy in the improbable form of a tiny, fragile, and unimaginably vulnerable child whose holy presence causes our accustomed dark earth to blaze into the light of of present eternal life, Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at oursaviourmv.org That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R MV for Mill we wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.